time for another wrestling podcast. All right, all right, all right. Are you fucking kidding me? Guys, I got blocked again on Twitter. I'm your mark of marks. That's the most reliable source on the interwebs. The social assassin at your disposal, bitches. Hey, uh, Cooter, I got a question for you, man. Okay. What is a Thanksgiving like in the angry house? Don't ask. You don't have that kind of time. You don't. You you really don't have that kind of time for me to explain it. We want to keep this show short for the holidays, bro. But yeah, you got you got the angry mom, and then you got yourself who's angry. It's you know you can cut that tension with a knife sometimes. I think. Oh, you you, you got a fucking pussy ass father. You got a sister who's a douchebag. You got an angry fucking mom. You got my fucking crazy ass. Yeah, it's um. And then you got, you know, some new people in the mix. You got my fiance. That's always fucking fun. You know, you got to be a lunatic to say yes to marry me. So, go, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Coming this fall, ABC. <laughs> come to dinner, Mike. You're always invited. You really want to get a show here? Fucking get a camera crew and come over to my house. The Angries. That's going to be called <laughs> The Angries. Oh, man. Well, all right, all right. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, that's, uh, that's a decent intro right there, guys. Uh, episode 239. It's another wrestling podcast. We're thankful for you, for you out there, the listeners, who always head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. They'll subscribe to our shows. They'll leave us reviews, comments, you name it, guys. Uh... I'm the Mark of Marks, Credo. My name is Minority Mike. And I'm Angry Cooter, obviously. You delinquent bitches. And stick around later because JB will be sitting down with Ring of Honor World TV champ Shane Taylor. Uh, They'll be talking a lot about Thanksgiving, what's going on with Ring of Honor, and a lot of other stuff. So stay tuned for that one. And this is the Thanksgiving show, guys. Uh, Guys... Has 2019 been the year to be thankful for a lot of things? I mean, a lot of things happened in the world of pro wrestling this year. Uh, Without naming or giving lists, maybe we could just find out what we're thankful for and kind of uh, go from there. I mean, Cooter, would you like to start, man? 2019's been big. Well, before before Cooter starts, I just want to let the listeners know that this Thanksgiving special will not consist of food fights, or, you know, anything <laughs> that the WWE will book a Thanksgiving special where people's getting hit with pumpkin pies and all that stuff. We're going to be civil. We're, we're not going <laughs> to throw turkeys or anything at people. Well, that's the best part because there is no wrestling on fucking Thursday now. So I, I think we don't have to worry about that, Mike. There's football, though. Always football. You still watch football? Well, I have a fantasy team. That's in second place right now, so I have to. Uh, I'm, you know, I got. I got to keep up with it, man. <laughs> All right. So, that, what are you thankful for in 2019 in the world of wrestling? In the world of wrestling? Oh, I thought you were just gonna say in 2019. God damn. Um, I'm 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 thankful that NXT got uh, an extra hour on television. That they're actually now on USA Network. Uh, I, I'm thankful that. Some guys who wouldn't necessarily make it to WWE are, you know, getting a check from a company that's not, I don't think is going to be around for very long. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for Adam Cole. 
I think Adam Cole is the future of WWE. I love that dude. He can do no wrong in my eyes. There's just a lot of talent Baby. up and coming that I'm really looking forward to besides him, too. I mean, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijak. I'm calling him by that because I can't say his fucking WWE name. I hate it. But just incredible athletes, man. I'm looking forward to the future in wrestling for the first time in a long time. Nice. Uh, nice way to go. Mike, what about you? What are you thankful for this year on top of all the things that have happened uh, in the world of wrestling? I'm thankful for the, the multiple options that I have to watch professional wrestling now. I'm, 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 I love wrestling. I, I, I can talk about it to the um, fa- blue in the face. You know, now we have NWA Power, which I can watch every Tuesday night. I've been watching Impact, and Impact has been putting out a pretty good show. Um, I've also, I mean, AEW is another option out there. And then, you know, NXT as well, just like Cooter said, you know, they're on that platform now where they get an extra hour and, you know, they're getting a a shitload of viewers now from different fans, different casual fans all over. And you guys might laugh at me, but I'm thankful for Tessa Blanchard, actually. (laughs) That girl is, is, you want to talk about a women's revolution. That girl is impressing me. Every time I tune in Impact, she is the number one contender for the Impact World Title right now. You would never have predicted a female, a woman wrestler, wrestling for the World Title. They're making history over there, man, and and she is definitely very fucking good. And she holds it down with the men, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. It's it's been entertaining for me. And and not to mention, she's she's fucking hot, bro. Yeah, she is. Oh yeah. <laughs> which which leads me, uh, you know, I got to do a callback. I am thankful for Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I said it. I don't care if she has a you know a, a weird ass haircut. That's that's a, a fucking very tall drink of water. No, yeah, guys, you know, it, it, definitely thankful for a lot of these things. I think it's thankful that how well pro wrestling is doing in general overall. It's like the territory system, if you will, again. If you think about it, it kind of is in a way, uh, which is good. It's a good thing. More options out there. I, I, I'm thankful that AEW is kind of going to be in charge of helping WWE light a fire under themselves to kind of... Ha- Go against competition. Competition was what was always great about WCW and WWE uh, because they had to outdo the other show. And I know everybody's saying, don't make it a competition. Just be you. Just do your show. I get it. But if someone's doing something cool with whatever, however they're filming it or doing whatever, people are going to take notice. And then they're going to try doing better for their stuff. So I think competition alone in 2019 has been really good for all that oh guys i'm thankful for us how about that guys awp jonathan coming back uh we're like their own four horsemen if you will but awp has kind of uh been a great in 2019 i think it can only get better so a lot of a lot of thankful things guys uh can you think of anything else to be thankful for not just wrestling shows but uh, I've I've also been enjoying a lot of wrestling podcasts uh-huh. as of late. So n- let me throw out a few notables. Um, I, I love uh, Tony Schiavone's "What Happened When." Still, he uh, that drops every Wednesday with Conrad Thompson. 
They do watch-alongs. That's just a funny fucking show. Tony Schiavone is probably most underrated funny person that I've ever heard on a podcast. Arn's got a pretty good podcast with Conrad. Yeah, he Uh, does. uh, Just to hear him tell stories, um, I didn't expect Arn Anderson to be a good uh, podcaster. I guess is what we would call it. Um, yeah, he surprised me because, I mean, we all know the guy can cut a promo, but, you know, there's a difference between doing commentary and, and doing a panel and, and, and doing a promo. I mean, it's all different things. Some people are good at some things and not so good at others, and, and he's proven me wrong. Um, shit. Just, just, just uh, a lot of good stuff. I mean, Bruce Pritchard's is still good. Eric Bischoff's is still good. Jericho's is great, you know, but that's 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 the thing, guys, because you'll hear us commentate on a lot of stuff that we don't like, which is fair because I mean, it should be catered to the fans out there, and we should like a lot of it, even the 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 bad things we should like, but uh, sometimes it's usually bad. But a lot of thankful things for, that have happened in the world of pro wrestling, I don't think anybody could be mad about uh, because it's great. And you know, Jonathan JB had a a suggestion about having. Gooker Awards, like the gobbledygooker Gooker Awards. What do you think about that? If uh, we can have like... You the... you would. You would fucking name it. Oh, that don't, grid, I wouldn't. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's, it's the Gobbledygooker Awards. Are uh, you going to uh, dance with the gobbledygooker? Gooker like Mean Gene did? We're going we're gonna to hatch Credo out of an egg. He's going to jump out with his headset on and go, All right, all right, all right. <laughs> gooker. It was uh, one of the Guerrero brothers that was in the show, uh, uh, He was on our show on Thanksgiving episode. Hector Guerrero was the gobbledygooker. He was on our Thanksgiving episode like two years ago, I think. Uh, But either way, here's a funny story um, that I I remember hearing a couple days ago, actually. Um, I remember listening to someone where The Undertaker was being brought in that same Survivor Series, and the whole time he thought he was going to be the person that came out of the egg. Get out of here, really? Yeah, he thought that they were bringing him in because they've been hyping up that egg on every Saturday morning on Superstars that they have an egg that's going to have to Survivor Series. And he had no... he really didn't have any idea of what was going to happen, and he thought he was going to be the person that hatched out of the egg. <laughs> I remember hearing that. I don't know where, where yeah. were you watching that on. I forget. I forgot where I heard it from, man, and it just it he's, just he's, hit me. Yeah, he said it in something, and yeah. anyway, uh, but no, okay. How funny would that have been? I, you just made me flashback too, because you know. When we used to go to the video store, Credo, remember the video treats down by our house? They always had, uh, like, the Thanksgiving spot or whatever. Uh... Well, no, they always had this section of, of, of WWF pay-per-views. There'd be SummerSlam and WrestleMania. And for some strange reason, because I remember I would start, I started renting them after I ordered my first pay-per-view. So it was like, I always felt like it was binge-watching. I would just go and rent, like, two or three pay-per-views. But for some reason... I always got the Survivor Series ones because I always thought they were the most fun. And when I saw the gobbledygooker, that was probably the first time where the angry one went, who booked this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Let me me ask you guys a question. Um, 
Survivor Series was always was it always on the night before Thanksgiving or the day of Thanksgiving? I don't know how the many times before. it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a Thanksgiving night though one too. I, I and I think there was either one or two of those. I'm that's just off of memory. I could be wrong, but there was definitely one. I remember it used to be on Thanksgiving night because I remember just going home or whatnot and just wanting to, to watch it. But it wasn't every Thanksgiving. Then they did it like the night before. And then it was like the week of, and then they they kept going, they kept getting away from it. Um, but yeah, I remember a few of them, or at least one was on Thanksgiving night. I I want to say they were historically always the day before, and the only reason I remember that um, Survivor Series technically got me suspended from school. Oh, why is that? So I was in sixth grade, <laughs> and. We had to write an essay about what we think about when we think about Thanksgiving. So, you know, it's it's dinner with the family and it's football and it's and I said, but for me, it's also Survivor Series, you know, and the reason why I got suspended was because it was some weird assignment where. We all traded papers and we all, I don't want to say graded each other's papers, but basically like made notes about like spelling or maybe, maybe you should think something else or whatever. Um, and the kid circled, I think about Survivor Series and he said something along the lines of this doesn't apply to Thanksgiving and when I read that in the middle of the class, I keep in mind I was in a Catholic school for sixth grade. And I stood up, I said, What the fuck are you talking about? Survivor Series is the day before fucking Thanksgiving. It's the one good thing that I like about Thanksgiving. What the fuck is wrong with you? Two days for swearing, multiple times in the middle of class. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the fun trivia question, or the fun fact. Uh, Survivor Series was originally created to be a Thanksgiving tradition as the first eight Survivor Series events took place on either Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving Eve. On Thanksgiving Thank Day you. was Thank 87 you. to 90, and Thanksgiving Eve was 91 to 94. Uh, so, yeah, it, just the, at least the, the first eight Survivor Series events took place around then, so it's a long time, almost just shy of a decade. As well, before we get to the awards, the gobbledygooker awards, the gooker awards, the wh whatever, uh, JB is here right now with Ring of Honor World TV champ Shane Taylor. All right, everybody, welcome to another wrestling podcast. I'm JB, and uh, today we have a very special show, a Thanksgiving-sized show, if you will. Uh, joining us today on another wrestling podcast, the current reigning and defending Ring of Honor television champion and the president and creator of Shane Taylor Promotions, none other than Shane Taylor. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. All right. So this is a first timer for us, uh, first time on our podcast um, and you know, you've, you're really busy. You're in ring of honor right now, uh, going around the world, defending that title. Um, you know, with, with the other promotions that are out there right now, it's important for me. I, I always like to know how the people feel about where they're at. So ring of honor, um, it's, it's 
referred to by some people as you know uh, a second or third to to WWE. Where do you put the level of talent and the promotion itself, Ring of Honor? Where do you put that amongst the other wrestling promotions today? From our roster, top to bottom, uh, I believe that Ring of Honor has the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I don't think that if you put together a 10-man team and gave everybody five matches, that there's anybody in, in the world that's outperforming us. Uh, so that's where I, where I feel we sit. Um, obviously, from a financial point, you know you have your unquestioned number one, but we're not trying to compete with them. We're not trying to compete with anybody else. We're just simply doing what we do. Um, and, I mean, that's that's really all you can do. In, in a world where people want to create things where there isn't and, you know, and, and trying to jump on the bandwagon of the latest thing, uh, all we do is continue to put out the best wrestling on the planet and do what we do best. Awesome. Now, you, you mentioned that roster. It, it is... Got, it's a it's a who's who really. Um, you've gotten to wrestle some of the best, as you're mentioning, in the world. Um, who do you feel like you make the most magic with while you're in, or while you've been in Ring of Honor? Really, we know that you've went up against you know the people that are no longer with the company. Uh, again, a relatively who's who of the business. So, who do you see across that ring, and you think you know this is going to be a tough night, but this is also going to be an awesome night. I mean that's that's the thing though is that that's just about everybody you pointed out on the roster. You know, I, I just had you know another match of the year caliber performance against Joe Hendry in the UK. Uh, you know, people call both my matches with Cobb match of the years uh, with Bandito the whole the whole nine. You know, uh, anybody you go out in there with has the talent to be able to push you to your limit at any point in time. So uh, if we're then just picking personal favorites, you know, I think anytime you're in the ring with a guy like Jay Briscoe, you know, who brings that level of intensity, that brings something out of me that very few people can bring out. You know, that that adds a level of excitement for me uh, because there's nothing I love more than standing there going toe-to-toe and punching somebody in the mouth and seeing who drops first. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is uh, that's that's where you earn your stripes. That's where you earn that respect and you build that legacy. Everybody wants to be the greatest, but to me, greatness is subjective. You know, um, people that may not like my style of wrestling won't see me as great. You know, what I mean, they will put a million other people in front of me because that's just the style of wrestling that they like. But nobody, nobody can judge or, you know, degrade who's the baddest. You know what I mean? And that, to me, is more important. I don't want to be the greatest of all time. I want to be the baddest of all time. That's awesome, awesome. So you spoke a little bit about earning your stripes. Um, you have been, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have been wrestling since around 2007. Yeah, um, with, 2007. With, with that, um, you know, that's that's quite a business, uh, or quite a, a good amount of time in the business um, are you surprised just, you know, from breaking in in 2007, um, that you're still wrestling? Is that something that you, did you think that you would have this long of a shelf life already? Or did, is it surprising to you to still be wrestling today? Well, 
I never really went into it with any pre any preconceived notions. Uh, I knew that I was going to bust my ass and work hard, uh, and I knew what my goals were, and it was never to stop until I reached those goals. So if it took me, you know, uh, two years to make it to where I wanted to, then it would be, you know, I would have set new goals, and I, I'd still be doing this in some form or fashion uh, somewhere, you know. So I, I've, I've seen myself always being doing this for as long as I can. So, yes, uh, did I think I, I'd make it to ROH? I, I, I wasn't sure. You're never really 100% sure. Anybody that says, oh, no, I knew, you're, you're full of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you had your doubts just like everybody else. Uh, but I knew with the people that I had around me and the work that I was doing, the work that I was putting in, that I was going to be successful somewhere. Uh, it just happens to be that it's in Ring of Honor. Now, when you uh, you started out, like we said, 2007, um, did you kind of have an idea of what your persona, what what you wanted to do, what you wanted to be, and also like how important was it to be true to yourself during that whole process? Well, you know, it it's the common thing now to 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 say that the best characters in wrestling are versions of yourself just turned up, you know, and when you first start, you have to find out who it is you are in the ring, who it is that you're trying to be. Um, and, and it took years of, of figuring that out, but, uh, a lot that helps with that is being in the ring with people better than you. Um, and once I was able to hone in on who Shane Taylor is, what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to be, um, that's when things started to take it to take off and uh, the fun part about that is not only do you grow and evolve as a person but you grow and evolve as a wrestler so uh, you know the same views you had when you were 20 you don't necessarily have when you're 30 you know think things change so in that I've been able to change uh, who I am in the ring how I present myself um, and the goals that now I want to achieve uh, inside the ring and outside of it sort of mesh now. So it creates the perfect balance for me uh, when I'm able to perform. Awesome. Now, if you've seen on social media at all lately, there's this uh, this decade challenge where, you know, it's 2019 now and you look back at 2009. So if you're looking back at 2009 where you were in the business, um, is there anything that you would tell yourself then that you know now about the professional wrestling business? Well, there's a bunch. You know, I, I think primarily the number one thing being don't take things personal and, and learn to uh, learn to hear no and accept no and, and understand what that no means. And that doesn't mean that it's the end of the road. It doesn't mean you'll never have another chance. It, it just means not right now for that particular company or for that particular promoter, yada, yada, yada. Like, um, Coming from an athletic background, you know, my mindset was if I work harder, perform better, then that's my spot. That's not necessarily how wrestling works, <laughs> yeah. you know. So uh, there's a lot of nepotism. There's a lot of favoritism. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of BS, you know. So uh, not getting caught up in that and not let not having the business side of things affect how I was personally feeling would be the number one thing that I would say to myself now. And it's something that I've learned to uh, sort of adjust and get better at now. 
Now, it's something that we, we hear about a lot or we've heard about in professional wrestling is sometimes it's kind of looked down upon to be a fan of professional wrestling, um, which mm-hmm. sounds it sounds crazy to me. Like, wouldn't you want to be a fan of something that you love and want to put your time in? But regardless, um, I know that you used to go and watch wrestling um, growing up. Uh, who were some of your people that you really – looked up to in professional wrestling or even when you broke into the business wanted to maybe like emulate or have a, a career similar to that person? Uh, there's, there's, there's different things that I took from different people. First and foremost was Ron Simmons uh, to be the first recognized African-American world champion was huge to me because that wasn't something that I got to see a lot growing up. Uh, a lot of the characters that I saw growing up, were stereotypes of black culture, uh, whether they were just constant, they were either constantly dancing or just doing ridiculous stuff, or they were the super thug, you know, and only emphasized street stuff or any uh, uh, other stereotype and misconception that not only professional wrestling, but society has had about our culture. Um, that's that's pretty much all, all I saw, and that all changed once I saw Ron and once he beat Vader for the world championship and, and to see a whole stadium of people in Atlanta going absolutely nuts for this dude that just worked hard and, you know, was a good dude and was just an athlete. Uh, to me, that was the first time that I was like, okay, it can be done. You know, we can be successful just being us and just working hard. Uh, so that's what I took from him, and that's some, and that's something that I prided myself on throughout my my career is never being anybody's stereotype, never feeding into any any misconception or misnomer or any um, sort so, sort of box that people wanted to put me in, uh, and whether that cost me opportunities or not, uh, staying true to that is what I'm going to do for the rest of my career. Um, and of course, you know, being a being a larger athlete, uh, seeing the agility and the uh, physicality of guys like Vader or Bam Bam or Terry Gordy or Stan Hansen, uh, Undertaker, you know, just just to name a few, uh, you know, I I pick things from everybody um, and add that to my game, and it's it's turned me into the performer that I am now. Well, I'm glad you brought up the you know the fact that Ron Simmons was the first African-American and, and, you know, we've seen, I, I am, I am a, um, a person that I, I hate to say it sometimes, but I don't feel like I've ever felt discrimination. And here on this podcast, you know, this is a great opportunity to talk about these things. And, um, you know, you mm-hmm. as a performer who is African-American, do you feel like today, um, with you know the Jay Lethals, with yourself, with Kofi Kingston, do you feel like the tide's finally starting to shift towards um, this? You know this. I, I hate to say like the the misconception or whatever, but um, do you feel mm. like that African American wrestlers are finally starting to get their due, and um, hopefully this this trend continues? I think there's definitely progress being made, and that's a great thing. Uh, Progress is always good, uh, but let's not forget that st- that pro wrestling has always mirrored very closely uh, the values and the stereotypes of society, mm-hmm. right? So, um, as a society, people still like to 
stereotype black people in black culture. Uh, they like to only see us as being able to do certain things or only being allowed to do certain things, uh, or that we only should be doing certain things. Um, and for a long time, and wrestling did the same thing. You know, you would have people that would mimic black culture, mimic how we talk, how, how we walk, uh, mannerisms, the whole nine and make millions yet, you know, those who actually make the culture were relegated to, you know, damn near obscurity. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, uh, and, and of course, you know, with some of the people that you mentioned, you know, with myself included, uh, we are seeing a change in that and, and improving that uh, we can have depth of character. We can be complex characters. We can be the hero. We can be the we can be the bad guy. We can overcome the odds, the whole nine. Uh, and we're not just, you know, going to show up and sing and dance and tap, and tap dance or just only promote the most violent aspects of our culture just so people can pretend that, you know, pretend that they're living a dangerous lifestyle that they're not really a part of, you know. So um, that's what's important to me. I know talking to uh, to others, that's what's important to them. It's just leveling the playing field and making sure that everybody has a chance to chase their dream and chase it their way, not just the way that someone has told them they have to do it. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's surprising, too. You know, obviously, you're a professional wrestler. I'm somebody who, who interviews people, and we both probably – in some way, shape, or form, see the the dirt sheets and everything, and um, you know, there's mm-hmm. been a lot about race late, lately. Um, you know, you've seen some stuff down with in NXT with, with you know in, in WWE. Um, also, this past week with with Jim Cornette. Um, what for for somebody who is on the other side of that? What are things that you mm-hmm. think um, can be done that kind of help? you know, steer the ship the right direction. I, I, it, it's, it's still kind of mind-boggling to me. It just really is that it's 2019 and that there's still this sort of racism um, happening. So is there anything, I, I, I mean, know, I'm not asking for the, you know, the, the magic bullet, but like is what, what, right. what can be done, you know? Well, there's a lot that can, can be done first and foremost. I think it requires whoever's, marketing teams or approval teams or whoever is in charge of, you know, getting these things to air or dealing with talent to have, uh, people of different backgrounds and ethnicities in these groups and in these meetings, uh, because a lot, a lot of that, you know, is going to stop when you have people of other cultures and backgrounds in these meetings. For example, if there was a, you know, if there's a T-shirt design that is a poor quality, you know, if you have more people on your team that are of that background and they see that, they can point out to you, hey, that's probably a bad idea. We should probably go in another direction. And then you miss all of this. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. none of that ever has to happen because it never leaves the planning the planning stage because you've got people in positions to handle things like that. You know, uh, so that so that's the first thing you have to have. If if you're going to market different backgrounds, you have to have different backgrounds represented on those marketing teams, so you know what you're talking about. You have the 
cultural knowledge, you have the um, you have the history. So 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 you know where to go and you know where not to. Uh, and then of course with uh, with things being brought to TV or brought to YouTube or anything like like that, having people on, on that team to say, yeah, I probably wouldn't say that either. It's also a plus, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to then question, well, if you allowed it, do those at the top feel the same way? That's mm-hmm. why they didn't see a problem. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it goes much further than the performer. It goes to the very top of these companies. And, you know, there are a lot of companies and this is since the beginning of wrestling, so it's not just a you know it's it, it's it's it, it, it's a problem for this company or that one. It's but it, it, it's all over that as as an African American performer, you do have people in power uh, in in different in in different spots, but you have them in power, and they do feel that way. They do feel that you only should be this, or they don't see you as talented as the next person, and they already have those preconceived notions and stereotypes about you. So they do things to test you. They do things that would drive anybody nuts and put anybody in a situation where they would be angry. But as an African-American performer, once you then become angry, like anybody else would, then that's their excuse to say, oh, you're unprofessional. You're hard to work with. You are, you know, you're, you're causing a problem. And then you just feed in and give them a reason to do that to the next person. Right? So you're forced with the option of taking it and enduring it and not saying anything or standing up for yourself and then possibly losing your job. So it, it, it's, a very, it's a very tough road to go down. You know, I am, am, am thankful that I am now in a place where I get to work and not have that be an issue, you know, um, other people aren't so lucky, you know, so, uh, but it is on all of us still to work as hard as we can to eliminate these type of things in any company that it happens in and create a better world for the next generation of stars. Absolutely. And this is, it's, you know, it's important to talk about, um, it's, it's heavy, but it's, it's important because, um, you know, they're, are so many kids out there that watch the product and there's so many, you know, people that watch it and it, it really is such an amazing uh, art form and uh, and sport that really, you know, a lot of trends come out of professional wrestling. You know, you hear catchphrases or whatever. So um, the way that people, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that people are portrayed um, carries. And so it's important to kind of have these positive um Re, re, you know, role models and reactions and everything. So I'm glad that you were um, willing to talk to us about that. And um, but I want to get back sure. into this real quick. You know, Ring of Honor Television Championship. Um, world know, Television Championship. World Television. World Championship. World Television Championship. Um, yes. It does. It does. It makes the difference. It really does. Um, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know. Hard fought battles all around with you. Um, where do you see taking this title? It's it's you know we're talking right now. It's November. Um, it's you're you're knocking on 2020's door. Where do you see not only um, taking the world television championship, but Shane Taylor in 2020? What what's in store? 
I mean, I plan on, and I made no bones about it, you know, I plan on breaking Jay Lethal's single reign championship defense record. He is seen as the standard bearer, uh, the gold standard of Ring of Honor. Uh, he is the epitome of what uh, people think of when they see and hear the word champion. Um, and I want to eclipse that in every single way uh, because, again, I, I am not uh, a an office champion. I'm not a guy that's going to tow the company line. I'm going to do things my way and do things the way that I want to do them, the way I believe they should be done according to my vision. Um, not everybody agrees with me, uh, but that's fine because I only need my guys to agree with me. Um, so for me, being able, being able to usurp that status that he has and force everybody from the office down to the wrestlers, down to the fans, uh, to see that I am the new standard of Ring of Honor, uh, that to me is what is what is what's important to be able to have uh, the presence of mind and to be able to have the legacy um, that even guys from past generations of ROH would look at and go, oh wow, that's his that's his era, that's his company now. That's what I want, um, and we're just getting started. You know, going into 2020 final battle, Dragon Lee, December 13th in Baltimore. You know, that is. Ring of Honor's final chance <laughs> to try to take this championship off of me before the end of the year because they know what happens at the end of the year. Um, you know, they they tried to sneaky come into my match in Vegas at the last second, hoping that he was going to walk out with the championship. That it didn't happen. Uh, so now here we go again. Uh, now he has this one on one shot. Nobody else is involved, and uh, I know what they would love to have happen is him win the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, his brother Roosh holding the World Championship. I'm sure it'd be a feel-good story for everybody. You know, they'd love to have the confetti come down, you know, and the whole family moment again. But we're not dealing with fairy tales here. We're dealing with reality. And the reality is that I've already put down some people. The reality is that he's only going to be number 13, and I'm going to walk out of... Baltimore, Maryland, and walk out of final battle and still the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Well, it's it's certainly um, there, the passion, everything. I loved talking with you today. Um, I, there's only an upside for Shane Taylor as far as I'm concerned, but uh, I would also be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, this Thursday is the big day, Thanksgiving. Um, what does mm. what is, what is a Shane Taylor Thanksgiving look like? Oh man, See, it's it, it, it's different now that I live in Texas than when I did when I lived in Cleveland. You know, because Cleveland, I was there with with my family. We'd have the aunts and the uncles and the grandmas. You know, Meg and all the favorites. You know, uh, so if if you're just asking me what my ideal one is, obviously, you know, you got you got the smoked turkey there. Uh, you got the baked macaroni and cheese, classic staple. Uh, the greens, the yams, the whole nine, the stuffing, uh, no cranberry sauce. I'm not really a fan. I know people are like, oh, is this so good? It's not good. It's trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then for dessert, uh, either peach cobbler or sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. It, it, it depends on what, on what your flavor is, but 
uh, to me that that is the ideal Thanksgiving. Awesome. Well, I wanna I wanna just say right now too um, for anybody who's listening to this on another wrestling podcast, um, if anybody is looking for some. I'm going to do this for you, but you may tell me to redo it. So um, anybody's looking, you know, we, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and then we have Black Friday, and then it's that holiday time of year. And if you are looking for some Shane Taylor merchandise, you can find it mm. over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Um, other than the, the Pro Wrestling Tees site, how can fans keep up with Shane Taylor? I appreciate that plug, sir. And once again, for anybody that that missed it, uh, if you're in the merch buying mood, the holiday season is coming up. Head on over to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Shane Taylor, all lowercase. Get your brand new Shane Taylor promotion shirts, along as uh, as well as a bunch of other great designs that we have there. Um, obviously, Twitter and Instagram at Shane two one six Taylor, uh, Facebook's Shane Taylor. Um, and yeah, man, that's, that's about it. But I just want to thank everybody who's listening to this, everybody who's been following me over my 12 year career so far, everybody who's supported me along the way. Um, thank you. Uh, and we are just getting started. We have an incredible 2020 for you guys. We have an incredible you know, next decade for you guys. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Even, you know, people on, even the haters, you know, I'm still not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, you can hate me for the next 10 years. It ain't changing. Uh, but we're going to, me and my team, me and the rest of Shane Taylor Promotions, Ron Hunt, Bishop Khan, Michael Moses, uh, we are going to not only change the world, we are going to run it. Uh, I, I did want to ask real quick, Shane Taylor Promotions, um, you know, are you looking for potentially a really good podcaster to join the Shane Taylor Promotions? I mean, we we can talk about we can talk about a lot of things, you know what I mean? Obviously, uh most of my legal stuff is handled through Ron Hunt, so he okay. he he would be the guy to talk to. You talk to Ron, he'll run the numbers past me. If the numbers look good, we can talk. All right. You I, know, I, you know? I, I'm, I'm all about business. Absolutely, and everybody that. eats over there. <laughs> um, well, I again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, love to have you back anytime. Um, I I look forward to seeing the you know you walking away the world TV champion, and from now mm-hmm. until twenty. 20- 29, 2030, I don't know, but... Um, it That's was, right, man. That's right. Forever champion. Yes. Forever champion. Pleasure, pleasure talking to you. I hope you and your family and everybody listening has a great uh, Thanksgiving and, and holiday season, and uh, it, enjoy it, man. It's uh, It was such a such an honor talking to you. Thank you, man. You and yours as well, all right? Thanks you, a lot. You be safe out there. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Uh, let's get these Gooker Awards, because I think this would be something unique. The Gooker Award. Uh, there's no categories, no nothing. I think I just want you guys to think back and see how many we can give out tonight of just the worst things that we saw this year. And I'll give out the first one, uh, just because it's more recent in my head. But the first Gooker Award I'm going to give out is just the worst story happening right now. And that's going to go to Lana Rusev and Bobby Lashley, because she had to mention that she had sex 
for the first time. Just mentioning <laughs> that, that just that's it. I'm done. Like, no, <sighs> what is going on? That's been the worst storyline all year. Poor Rusev. I thought he was getting a, a, a return. He comes back to this. I, I guarantee. I I will not be surprised if he fucking wants <laughs> wants to to leave by tw- early 2020. Uh, my first Gooker word, Cooter. Minority Mike goes to I, that. I'm gonna go to the same lines around that, and I'm gonna give the uh, Gobbly Gooker award to um, uh, Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis for literally pretty much the same storyline. We are turning WWE superstars into cucks. And Maria has basically made her husband look like a bitch. Saying, you're not the father of my son. It was really Rusev. It was really Ricochet. And fucking forcing him to have matches with with the guys who he allegedly, or she allegedly, you know, had loads dropped on by. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. That's just a phrase. Now that I think about it, I wonder if they just took that whole Mike Bennett thing, and then when they kind of went away, they they gave that storyline to somebody else to where it was almost similar, but they switched, made it more. I don't know. Because you haven't seen them on TV in a while, so maybe um, maybe it's because she's too far along, pregnant, and or maybe she's high risk. I don't know. Who the fuck knows? You never know. And he did ask for his release too after he just signed. A new one in July, so they never responded about that one either. So I, I love that you signed a five-year deal, and now you want out. Get the fuck out of here! You're uh, going no- <laughs> you're, uh, The only place you're going is to catering with EC3, motherfucker. What are you talking about? Right, Mike, how about you? How about you? What uh, do you have a gooker word you want to give out? I do. Um, it's not to uh, to a person. It's uh, my gooker word goes out to the wild card rule. It was absolutely <laughs> fucking terrible. It's a wild card. I wow. had an epiphany. First oh of God. all, when Vince they said we'll have four guys go to Raw anytime they want, and four guys go to SmackDown anytime they want, and then it went from like four guys to like all of a sudden seven guys were showing up there. And I wanted to know how do you apply for the wild card? Do you have to like get on a waiting list? Do you have to get a background check? Is there applications that you got to do? Do you just like get there early and then wait online, try to beat all the other SmackDown superstars to Raw? Like it wasn't really explained. It, it was a terrible, terrible idea. And it, I, I'm getting pissed off talking about it right now because I love the brand, the brand split, and they just completely destroyed it with that shit. That's 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 it's uh, a good Gooker award, uh, guys. I got another one. My next Gooker award is gonna go to Lars Sullivan for the worst fucking debut I've ever seen of a fucking big guy. <laughs> fucking anxiety attack. No, I, I get it, but at the same time, he comes back. And then he's lurking, or he's not lurking. He made his debut, and then he it's got beat up lurking. by a Lucha House party, and he's he's never been seen since, or something like that. I don't know what happened, but it's, they definitely jumped the gun uh, with Lars, and who knows if he'll ever return from that. So, Lars, you get a gooker, buddy. I'm going to give one to, um, to Shane McMahon for staying around. Way beyond <laughs> what was necessary uh, for you to come back. Best in the uh, world winner. Uh, fucking, uh, AD deserves it. I, I feel bad because 
in some of those high-profile matches like at Mania. Those were not bad matches, but it's just... And, Mike, I'm going to steal it, but those fucking rabbit punches. He <laughs> could have the greatest match ever with no rabbit punches and just ruin the whole thing for me by just showing me those things once. And, and I feel bad for guys like The Miz who had the job to him night in and night out. Somebody like Dolph Ziggler who had the job to him. Fucking the, the, the gobbledygooker of the year. Fucking Shane McMahon. I have I have two things I want to give the Gooker Award to. One of them has nothing to do. It has to do with wrestling, but it has to do with a situation that happened. I give, and you guys are gonna know exactly where I'm going with this. But for this year, I'm gonna give the guy the the Gooker Award to New Jersey Transit. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> from, from wow! Again. On how they tried to shift the blame on the WWE saying they told us this show would be done by 10.30. I even know that's a fucking lie. Because WrestleMania will never be done by 10.30. And how unorganized they were. How I had to literally fucking go on uh, an expedition with a bunch of foreigners. Hopping fences, yeah. Hopping fences. They were leaving people. It was... It was a mess. So that goes, and you know, we we talked about this a week ago. But is it is it fair to give Jim Cornette the Gooker Award for what he did with the? Uh, no, I think we I think we give that to NWA because a you know who you hired, and b your dumbass didn't edit it out. Fair After enough. how many weeks of having that in the can, you didn't edit it out. I'm giving that to NWA. I, I, I can't blame Jim Cornette on that one. I can't. I, I, I don't want to give it to the NWA as a promotion. I want to put it on somebody like Dave Lagana. Who there you go? Give it to him because you know what? He's he edits right. He, he I think he it, it gets past him. Yes, he he's one of the people, one of the eyes that I know of. So yeah, Dave Lagana, you've been doing a great job at NWA, but you let that slip. You know what? We got to make mention since you, you know you brought up uh, you know New York uh, or New Jersey Transit. I remember how long it took me and Credo to get out of our, you know, getting out of that oh, press man. parking lot yep. <laughs> and, and getting and getting back to that hotel in about 15 minutes. And that was with wrong turns and forced to eat dinner from the vending machine. That was a rough night for us, Credo. Oh, man. <laughs> we, recorded, we recorded part of that podcast in a hotel room while he was eating a big Texas bun. And I think I was eating Twix or something. <laughs> That's it, man. No better memories for that. Uh, but how about this? I got another Gooker Award. Uh, the Gooker Award goes to Roman Reigns' cancer returning. Uh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no! It was supposed to be a bad joke anyway, that he was in. We'll cut that one. Remission, but no. <laughs> you know what? I got another one. I'm going to have you cut right now. My Gooker Award goes to Steve Frito for worst text of the year. Pissing next to Pete Dunn. Oh, that's great. I love it. <laughs> I had a real one, too. I think I was going to give it to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch's boyfriend-girlfriend announcement, how, like, it was just not oh. needed. Oh, I'll give it the You can't really here. put that on them. You have to put it on WB Creative. Yeah, I'll give, I, they, they get the announcing. Give one to Joey Janela for drinking too many White Claws. <laughs> Getting drunk off of White Claws, trying to start a fight on the fucking boardwalk. 
after a Blink-182 concert with fucking <laughs> Enzo Amore, of all people. That poor guy, he can't catch a break. The guy's just going to a concert, and you got to have a dumb, dumbass like Joey Janela drunk off a of White Claws like a fucking sissy. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's fun to think about these, though, because these are on the spot. We didn't Google anything. We weren't looking up, like, the whole year. So it's like trying to reflect back on what pissed you off the most. Uh, you know, I don't know. You should have the listeners tweet to us what their Google or Google, wow, Google awards are. Google. Google. You know what? I'm going to throw one out there. Last week's guest, Ken Shamrock. Why? For agreeing to do the dick flip spot from fucking Joey Ryan. Enough with Joey Ryan, the one hit wonder, because some Japanese guy who Credo probably doesn't like fucking agreed to do the dick flip. Now you are an internet sensation, and now you have everybody doing it. Even Mick Foley, that whore, agreed to do the dick flip. Enough with the dick flip. Joey, no, Joey Ryan's also getting the Gooker Award. Fuck him. Joey Ryan, how about the 24-7 championship is going to get the gooker for me? Uh, because they could have made that so much more better, and now it's just a fucking R-Truth prop. Uh, I get it for certain things, but at the same time, like, it could have been another cool title, like a, you know, a, a, a live championship or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's it, man, 24-7, anywhere. It could be defended at house shows a lot more, uh... But it didn't need to be so many silliness to it. There didn't need to be so much like, you know, mid-carters chasing after it all the time. Uh, I mean, maybe they could have done that with some people, but I don't know. It could have been made into another serious championship, but now it's just a joke. I get it. It's supposed to be part of it or whatever, but either way, it's getting a gooker from me. I would give my last gooker award to um, the current Raw commentating team. Ooh. Because Whoa, they just good one. They well, just and it sucks because Vic Joseph is good. Is Dio Madden still dead? He's not. And he's still he's still dead. From totally Brock killed Lesnar. him off of TV. They don't want <laughs> him anymore. Um, and the thing is, you know, it sucks with Dio Madden because he just got thrown to the wolves without much experience, and then you have Jared King Lawler with his attitude era jokes still. Hey. <sighs> And he's the problem because he steps on everybody's toes. Even that one week where they had Samoa Joe on there. At first, I didn't like Joe. But once he fucking learned to just talk over Jerry and keep talking and not let that fucking old idiot fucking interrupt him. Samoa Joe reminded me of Taz doing the SmackDown commentary. And I was really enjoying his analysis. And then all of a sudden, woohoo, fucking Homer Simpson, a.k.a. Jerry Lawler, has to say something stupid. Uh, what, what happened to him? He like is he just here at his arm? He break his arm or what? Like why has he been doing commentary? He has uh, something with his thumb. Hmm. He had surgery. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but it, it's a thumb injury. Hmm. I don't know, guys. Any any other gookers you want to give out? Because this has been it's been good trying to reminisce. I mean, we loved a lot of 2019, but there's also been a lot of stuff we complained about. So it was. Uh, it's good to vent him and give him an award, I guess, uh, for pissing us off. You all. know what? I, I got a Gooker award. He's got one. Steve Credo. What? Getting what? another. Because when we were driving to WrestleMania <laughs> and we were recording a podcast, <laughs> it was probably one of the greatest episodes to never be heard because somebody 
wasn't recording the show when he said we were recording the fucking show. <laughs> we talked for 40 minutes. And, it uh, was probably some of the best Nia Jax jokes <laughs> that I've ever said. And I oh, can't even man. remember them. But I know we were laughing so hard. And then he just looks at me and goes, Dude, <laughs> dude I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what? We're not uh, recording. So Steve Credo gets the fucking Googler Award for Googler. fucking... I've heard Goobers and now Googlers. It's Gooka. We got the Gooka Award. I love it. Gooker words. Uh, man, either way, uh, we were thankful. We hated a lot of stuff. Guys, uh, it's Thanksgiving. Are you Thanksgiving wasted? Are you turkey wasted? Are you done? Uh, I, it's the holiday season, though, guys. And, you know, uh, pretty soon it's Christmas. And then another, and then a new year. Another new year. Man. From our families to yours. Don't tug your peckers.